G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive for another week. Uh, it was a huge weekend at Flemington, around the country, all that sort of good stuff, but uh, we're here to talk about winners and losers, and I can safely say, I think I won in play and that was about it at Flemington. Thank God for that track, because it's so much easier to win there as opposed to anywhere else in the country. Uh, am I right, Jack Dickens? Oh, yes and no. Um, <laughs> we're going to get to Flemington later on, and... I think one of my better ever bets that lost, we'll finish with probably, but um, it was a great day, great atmosphere. Um, COVID doesn't exist anymore, at least at Flemington. My old man was a, uh, a non-racing, non-betting spectator, was um, blown away by the the relaxed atmosphere on course, re-COVID. And, um, but good to see they still heard you like, like refugees to have a dart, apparently. I'm off them, but <laughs> there's more scrutiny on the dart smokers than any potential COVID cases at Flemington. Yep, yep. Far less likely to contaminate someone else with uh, with cigarettes, uh, apparently. Girls, it was another weekend up in Queensland, and that's where we're going to start because uh, there was a little bit of action there at Dolby, which uh, I guess we should touch on first of all. Yeah, well... Um... We were recording this show at quarter past nine on Monday morning, Queensland time. Um, no stewards report from Dolby as yet. Um, the only feedback that I can give is that, like, once again, we've launched into a horse that's, like, drifted dramatically very late on Betfair to miss the start five lengths, um, which is the difference between a winning and a losing day. Race two, sorry. Horse... Um, horse three, Papa Joe. Okay. Anyway, um, Papa Joe's no mug. Um, you know, he's won eight from 24. Showed very good gate speed in winning this class um, many times before. Goes to Dolby, the only sort of horse in the race that's going any good. The horse that was backed into favouritism uh, late was Piracy. Lo and behold, it's missed the start as well. Um, anyway, just a complete circus. Papa Joe's missed it a mile. And uh, anyway, it's, I don't know how it's got beat. Whatever, it's got beat. It's just, that's the way it goes up here at the moment. I just keep finding these horses. Sick beats. Um, probably the highlight of Dolby would have been the DJ set afterwards. Um, <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of gear was on rotation there? Oh, she was sort of catering for the older crowd. There's a bit of an older crowd. Like, I'm I'm 29 this year, and there's a lot of people older than me there. Um, probably the John Darien pub on the way home and the 15 Sharpies before I got home. Straight to bed. Sick, sick day. Dolby, Gold Coast and Eagle Farm are good, but... Uh, punning-wise, but not a lot of... Um, not a lot of real action to report on the track. Um, just... Like I said before, you know, in the in the lead up, there's a big race meeting this weekend at the at the Gold Coast, where it's a where it's a big jewel day. So basically, it's like a like in Victoria, you have like a Vobus, you know, the Vobus Gold Day and that sort of yeah. thing, the prize money day. Well, that's the Queensland equivalent equivalent this Saturday. So probably all the action, probably more in interest off the track. Um, those um, that are on Twitter and social media would have probably received that Robert Heathcote voice post-race voice memo where he 
argued with Mark Duplessis for not leading on his horse and told him to get fucked and whatever else. And <laughs> remember that he got a $500 fine. Um, half of it was suspended. Um, anyway, that wasn't good enough for, for Robbie. He's gone and appealed that sentence and uh, seen on the Keurig website this morning that he's been, the fine has been um, quashed the fine and got a reprimand instead. So um, I don't know why every, anyone would possibly waste their time for 250 but there you go. Uh, <laughs> follow up to that, that was quite <laughs> one of those voicemails getting around Twitter. And the other thing probably worth um, mentioning was uh, an article was written on RaceNet, never sort of said who it was aimed at, but it's pretty clear who it was, talking about race callers calling jockeys by their nicknames and saying there's no race for it, uh, there's no place for it in racing. Uh, we got it again on Sunday with the colourful race caller, Josh Fleming, who's a wonderful fella, very passionate racing man. He refers to jockeys by their nicknames in the run. So Shero and Wigo and Pug and Soupy. Now, you blokes don't probably watch Queensland because you're not that sick. But um, for those watching at home, they've probably got no idea what the call is saying. And then Bobby Alyssa kicked one home in the last at the Sunny Coast yesterday. And the villain's clear for the Bobstar. Ride that fish, the villain. So the ride that fish reference is to Bobby Alyssa's um, Instagram account. So um, I don't know. I don't know whether what people think. I don't know whether people care. But I'm going to follow it up with a bit of a Twitter poll after the show to see if actually if anyone actually cares or what the go is there. But um, anyway, it's something that was that was spoken about on social media again last night. So it would just be the the filthy radio traders probably hate it, but everyone else wouldn't care less, surely. I think the more the more flair a race caller brings, the better. Like on Saturday mm. we've got a, a a gimmick race to promote racing that they paid thousands of avatars to get new eyeballs on different platforms. Mm. It's the same it's thing. It's a new product. Like, it's entertaining. Like, like if TV's calling, everyone's talking. Well, they are talking about TV. And if they talk, if Josh Fleming's calling, now it sounds like everyone there's talking. So I've banned myself from watching that stuff for my own mental health, and I lapsed yesterday and watched a bit of fucking, um, Western Australian racing, and I've banned that too. So I'm going to have a... <laughs> A much better lifestyle balance. I'm just going to another... watch Victorian races that I've bet on myself, and then I'm just going to bet your stuff and and just just see what happens. Is that, does the chat group light up post race? Well, that might mean I've got a little bit of an earn out of it. If it doesn't, then I know what happened. But I just don't need to watch either of them. Some That's of the stuff that Peter cops, <laughs> oh, it's it's beyond sickening. And and then to top it off, early this week, which we're not going to talk about too much, but how that. There was nothing found in the uh, inquiry into the team riding last week. It's just beyond me. Like, probably a, I complain probably, about the stewards here sometimes, but we'll... It's probably a debate for another day, but um, it's sort of borderline who's got, like, the, I don't know whether the right word is the worst bunch of jockeys that ride on a Saturday. It's either Sydney or Perth. Um, but Perth is sickening some, some days, watching them for sure. Makes me feel good about Queensland. Queensland jockeys on a Saturday are pretty strong, Metro. But um, the race calling one, I'll follow up with a poll or something, I think. Um, because it's uh, it's about, is it about entertainment or is it about accuracy? Entertainment. Like, we've got a race caller up here, Brett Moody, who calls out West. He, a couple of his famous lines are, like, if a horse is three wide, he's either the bird on the bicky tin or he's working harder than a mosquito at a mannequin factory. <laughs> I find that entertaining. Yeah, that's good. 
and soothing when you're on that horse and you know you're cast. Yeah, that's good. Like, yeah, I I think like, I don't really listen to it to be honest, but I I, I find it I, I my ears prick up if Matt Hill says snick or you know something like that or I love it when TV just declares something like way before the corner. I love that stuff. I love when he declared one Friday night. It was third off the bit hanging and he's called it measuring up to the leader and about to go straight on by. It's <laughs> it's dropped out and ran third and the leader's kicked and won. <laughs> great. He's a great guy. Taking up too much time already. Um, I'll throw you one out wide. Golly Hutt was a big performance on Saturday. It can improve and run a race. Okay. All right. Very good. One for the Queensland followers there. Uh, let's move to Flemington and we'll start with the new market, which I think probably had the, the most interest of all of the card. I think it was the most competitive race, depend, despite the fact you had September run, who really the market didn't come for on the day. But, uh, but firstly, um, well done to you. You, you tipped the winner. Zadori. That was a good old-fashioned Rob Scurry-esque. I like this horse outbraided first up. It had more improvement to come and I backed it, so I'm going to follow up. That had a good track distance figure as well, previous prep, which was in a, a lesser race. I think it was a group two for, off the top of my head, maybe even a group three. But Which, in hindsight, it didn't even need. No. Because they, they, the time here is average for a group one. Um, this was a very frustrating race for us. I just, And then when you look at the... Like, I was heavily with September run, and then when you look at the data, I don't think... We've learnt anything. Like, if that horse slightly improved its... Like, if it continued its trajectory, which it was on, it wins. But that same could be said for a lot of these. Um, and to add to add to the pain, it paraded, I thought, awful, which we said in the um, text. But even with a big sort of pen from the yard, it still was a big over for me on my prices, um, which I was wrong. But um, that's how I handled the race from the yard, and like the, to add to the to the grey was that um, Zutori was very very good, and Indian Pacific had notably improved. Yeah. And Peter and I were like both aligned on our view there. Um, so like, I, I'm happy for Simon Zara and Matty Elliden. Good on him. Luke Curry, it's a pretty Big effort. Like I thought he was riding pretty average when he came back from his bad injury. Two group ones now. Flying. Well done to him. Um, I thought Prague was a good run in this race. Don't know where they head with it, but I thought it went pretty well. Um, Brooklyn Hustle's just a... Same story every start. And I actually read a thing on, I don't know if it was racing.com or where, but um, I think it was racing.com. And Willie Pike just completely owned the horse's performance, said I got it wrong. It was very, very refreshing. Like, he took responsibility for the horse's performance. There's no wonder people wanted to ride for him. I think he's riding, I'm fully on Willie Pike's team now whilst he's in Victoria. I think he's riding outstanding. Yeah, he looks like he's come back. He's just riding as if he, his last three months have just been that Caulfield Guineas day. He's just in that zone straight away. But for mine, it's like his his go to spot was like four pairs back, one off. Yeah. Last time he was here, now he wants to be two pairs back, one off, and that slight adjustment, which is just what I think he's done. I don't know. 
um, is making a lot of difference. He's putting all his horses right into the race. Um, just on September run, I was thinking about it afterwards, and I, I think I described her as the leaving the yard. She looked like an MMA fighter, and I almost should have said she looked like Ronda Rousey right before she got knocked out within 30 seconds. It was that big... Yeah, but you were half... Well, you were more... You were quite horned up for for the parade. I hated it. Oh, I couldn't, but, couldn't back her. But like... it's like how... You'll, you'll like a parade of like a really fierce horse that I don't like, and often you're right. Yeah. But I, I think it was a sign that she was going to... There's a good chance she wasn't going to perform in hindsight. I guess the other thing, I haven't got a, a proper... Um, it was more going off the physicality. Like, just... She's strengthened up. She's like a, a real proper beast of a horse like she was basically the same size as you know some of the bigger horses in that event serious suspect is a huge horse and she was basically just monstering him but oh, was... i think you can follow her though like yeah. trust that sp yeah. um it can improve with the parade when, when you watched it live I, I did get a bit of an air straight away as watch like, when she jumps she just copped a huge hip and shoulder right in the gut from maybe stand out and then for the first 600 meters they were just fucking around jostling for position, neither horse in a rhythm, and then backs up how slow they went in hindsight. But she copped a big knock at the start, which was not ideal. Well, the other thing was that the all the place getters settled on the more towards the middle of the track. You had all these horses trying to go <clears throat> wide towards the grandstand side, but really all the the dominant figures in the, in the finish of the race were the ones that sort of split off at the start and just had their own little group. I was debating this with the racing, with the trainer. It, I call I call the rail like where the the, where the post is the finishing post the inside down the straight and the outside's the grandstand side is that right Yeah, completely. Yeah, good. All right. <laughs> well, when I'm talking about straight races, the inside is the the normal inside rail rails and run. Yeah. Outside's grandstand from now on. Yeah, if you've got a different view, get stuffed. Like learn orientation. Um, but no, that was a that was a great ride by Brad Parnham as well in Indian Pacific. I have to mention that. Like he's just set a, a really fast tempo. He knows the horse he's got underneath him. Capitalised on that straight experience that they had uh, first up in Victoria. That's an outstanding performance by that horse, um, and it basically just justified just the uh, the West horses like they're performing, obviously to a really high level over here. Uh, and so September Run Peter also had a uh, slow recovery in the stewards report, which I'm just reading for the first time now. Curls, what do you think about slow recovery? I always look at slow recovery and think that's completely irrelevant. Um, yeah, I totally, I agree. I like, if we've got a, if we've got like a slow recovery in isolation is irrelevant. I think you need to know more than that. Yep. Did you want to see how I pulled up yesterday? (laughs) I thought um I had no mucus, I had no heart arrhythmia, had no just just this slow recovery. Because you know why I was slow to recover? Because I put in. Love it. I thought Flit was good too, actually. Yeah, we did have a question from Crookie. I think it was on uh, on Flit. I think I think she was good, or he was good. I think it's a she. Yeah. Um, and can find more suitable races, like has one Sydney way, goes well Melbourne way, that was straight. I thought it was one of the more sort of, that was fresh, that run, so um, paraded really nice though, didn't it, Peter? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we we almost we almost sent out like a reverse mounting our mail for this race, curls. It's just going to give like four of the worst because they're all fucking pretty good, you know. And there was meanwhile there was that money for imaging as well, which was interesting. The horse did parade pretty well, and I know Waller oh, actually threw it out and was interested to see how it went down the straight for the first time. But <laughs> geez, it started short. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that that's one I'm almost going to be following wherever it goes next start, with a view to it's it's obviously in good nick. So. And I thought Dallas and disappointed off the. Um, I think a few horses here showed themselves up, not so much Dallas and, but this bold star is just a fresh horse at Caulfield. I'm never gonna be, I'm never gonna look at it unless it's fresh at Caulfield. It ran that enormous figure. We backed it at good odds and it just missed. Yeah. Beaten by Profit's thumb, but since then it's just regressed. Again, did it last time. What did what are we um, what are we talking about the lanes here? Um, I noticed in an earlier straight race on the day, they sort of all went to track wall. I think it was race four, was it? Yeah. That Mar Busher race. They yep. all sort of originally went to track sort of, you know, grandstand side of middle, and then by the time that they've got you know to the two hundred or three hundred, while they're gone, they're coming back toward the inside a bit more. I don't know whether the horses sort of naturally wanted to roll in a little bit or what, but. Um, a, little, a little bit the same here. They're probably a bit wider. Oh, not really. A bit wider here probably than what they were in race four. So if you have a look where the winner and second horse have ended up in run, like lanes-wise, there's not many horses wider than them. And there's big margins there. So I don't know, like... Well, I think the inside... I, I don't know why, but the inside is clearly superior for mine in this race. But yep. it's a very hard race to worry about these things to the next start, you know? It's, it's all about setup in these sprint races, and there's a lot of horses that weren't suited here that'll go to like a Mooney Valley or a Caulfield and won't be suited there either because they get back. So um, I thought Swat's that was really good too. Um, but yeah, Amish boy running third, 50 to, 50 to one up the inside. I think that gives away that there's for whatever reason a slight advantage to be on the inside half of that straight race. Yeah, I think if, if, and it wasn't, it's either the lanes or the fact that they were actually just running at a faster tempo on the inside and the rest of them were just sit sprinting on the outside and just cause chaos. It's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. All right, let's move to the Australian Cup, uh, the other feature on the card, because... Oh, honest to God. <laughs> we're in front headed to this race. Yeah. I've taken an early position on uh, 50 stars at $4 and... Like eighty cents maybe. It was three seventy hard the fair. Hard. And jumped okay. Zero and ten. Four back the fence. That's an awful position for John Allen as a rider. That's where he does his worst work, and he's a very good rider. And it's an awful position for this horse. It doesn't like to be created. I could not believe it. I was, I basically, I don't know what Matt Hill was doing because Peter wouldn't have heard it either because I was commentating this race like in the run, and I was fuming from the very, very start. It, it's got enormous fifty stars, um, four eighty, great bet, awful ride. Forgive the horse. I think that's about it for that horse. Look, nothing more to say. Peter backed Homesman. Of course he did. And you should have seen it, Kels. He, he fucking roared. He roared because Matt Hill... I think Matt Hill was half like letting the pencil stuff to try and get out that beautiful line, which he would have prepared earlier. <laughs> and it got Peter going. That He was roaring. I said, mate, it's not like clear cut. Stay calm. Are you, have you got a result best of days? And he's like, nah. <laughs> should have seen like the, like the, the red turned to white on his face. 
but he got there in the end. Good bet, Peter. It, it did get out to a backable price on my prices, very late. Um, I missed that in the in the sort of in the chaos, which wasn't helped by those. And shout out to the young lads who were the rowdiest human beings I've ever seen in the Flemington members. We were, we were quite like my dad was pretty shocked by their behaviour early on, but by race eight and after their sort of 12th schooner, decided to come up and... <laughs> there you go, boys. I love the show. <laughs> it was bloody great. It's good to see our, our audience is all yeah. young said, so it's good. So, have a, um, so there was a lot of declarations around pre-race for the two faves on the two big races. Yeah. September run and 50 stars. Like, what are we doing with 50 stars here? It's gone as good as what it did last start. Yeah, but just the wrong setup. Wrong, wrong setup. And when he just dropped that pair back, which doesn't look too bad, like at the fourteen hundred, but then when they enter the straight, he's basically like second last, with no momentum, getting flushed out the back of the surf. It's an awful setup for any horse, particularly Stayer. He's got through a long grade. If there's another race on the agenda and you know he parades well again, then I think he's a bet. But this probably was grand final race, so I don't know what to do with it. Um, we yeah, also you, you sort of wonder, like, if you look at it from a stable, like, you know, owner, trainer point of view, do you say, geez, he was stiff there, we might as well go to Sydney, and does it become an afterthought? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I don't know. See. I just thought, um, like, Miss Siska, like, Mick D completely handled John Allen early in the race, if you watch the replay. Like, he should have kicked up and got that spot behind Parati, who was well-backed. We also backed Parati yes. late. Yeah. Who fuck me? I thought was going to win. Um, Very short. Good top ride. Of the Willow straight. got squeezed late. The horse should have run third. Um, but just allowing like a hundred dollar shot to sit in front of you as the favourite in a Group One is just bad riding anywhere. And and Miss Siska's dropped out and run last. It's just more like more whitewash for John to get around and to find rhythm and run. And you know, Shapata was three wide cover. Holmesden was three wide cast. Yeah, isn't that the problem with this race? Like the the winner was basically forty bucks jumping. It was three wide, no cover throughout, and still too strong for all these horses. Like you can't, don't surely you just pen almost all of them. It's a big issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I think I think there's a horse here though that's just just needs to find the right setup, and it's a huge bet. You're probably not going to get a big price though because it was so obvious. But Miami Bound has gone fucking enormous. She looked really good pre-race as well. Like I had not, something on. Badly not suited, race shape, and very badly, like, not badly, but we know improves on a soft to a wet yeah. track. I think you can stamp her big time out of the race. Um, but, like, and this is how hard the game is. Like, Luke Curry completely slaughtered nonconformists. Like, it jumped from barrier 16, which is always going to be difficult, but it was four wide. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. Warning, shithouse. Smith Siska, shithouse. Humidor, not himself. But... It, like once you get past non-conformist and humidor, platoon sort of loomed to run into the race and just sort of gave out late, but nothing really ran on that wide all day. Mm. Makes no sense, but it's what happened. Even Starrell in the last, which is the only horse all day to, to win from worse than midfield in any race, but I'll focus circle and straight races their own thing. It still weaved up the inside, and Willow peeled out well within the straight. It These was horses enough. that were wide cornering three, like four, four or wider, they weren't in the in any race all day. Yeah, 
Well, I guess that's what typically you would expect to happen on most tracks. They're on the firmer side of the, you know, like it was in the end it was upgraded to a good three, but um, they were running some pretty fast overall races there towards the end of the card, and it's just the fastest way home. Yeah, I thought Defibrillate ran huge too, and that San Herber- Herberto, very good. Dan Yendel rode really well on Saturday. Yeah, that ride on Marbusha. Oh. Holy shit, like that was just letting the pencil stuff from a long way out, and there was some absolute like fills in, in run there just to better your positions on Saturday. Like that thing was bigger than SP whilst he was just trucking. And probably the biggest fill all day was um I don't know if you saw it, Curls, but Sovereign Award was just like in a rhythm and it was two dollars better than SP, like most of the way home. Yeah. I guess visually it looked like it was going too fast, but that's visual that versus a, that reality. A, that was a bad mistake by me there, wasn't it, Peter? We we went to the yard with only two be- two bettable options because we were convinced it was on pace suited. It was Ficino and um, Sovereign Award. Ficino did parade outstanding. It was Can- clearly the best horse in the yard. Cancino, not Ficino. Yeah, Cancino, sorry. Uh, but it missed the kick and then therefore it was you know, worse in midfield. I was fucking sick of myself for not just having a unit on this thing. Fuck. Anyway. Um, interesting on the, the tempo of that race versus the last because D-Lane was uh, leading on both. Mm. I'll give you a... I'll, I'm going to start on this one before Jack gets involved here because I can give you a bit of an, like, you know, outside of you, if you like. I mean, we going to the last? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I've watched this replay a number of times. Now... Like, that horse was travelling strongly, the leader. Like, it did begin, and he did, like, it did travel strong. I, I, like, the stewards report did say over-raced, I think. From, you've got it there, Jack, but I'm pretty sure. I'll, over, I'll over-read while you have a waffle. Um, like, the horse did travel strong. It sort of did not, it didn't really look to come back underneath him at all. Um, but it, the... The punning form data says they've gone like 20 lengths. Suicidal. Suicidal. Suicidal speed. Now, the cynic in me says the winner's last, who's the stable, mate. And the ride of the horse outside the leader, I think was Jay Carr, chased that mad speed. It was absolutely horrific. You'd be f- absolutely sick on it. Like, the horse, the lead, like, give the... like. You'd be you'd be bring, like you'd be definitely asking questions like any reason why you're chasing a hot speed the, the entire Australia's yeah. Australia's favourite jockey, which is and if she didn't chase the hot speed too, it's set up for the perfect like uh, rebuttal to D Lane bagging her ride on Buffalo yeah. River the previous yeah. week. So I think that the yes baby yes has gone enormous, um, like exposed on a hot speed outside the leader. Still beat half the field. I mean, I've got beat a margin, but if it actually recovers, this horse has had 13 starts since um, May last year and has had a run just about every month since. Um, so the horse is clearly, you know, going well and might have just, might have earned a break um, having a look at its setup. I'm talking about um, Yes Baby Yes. So that makes, you know, Chica Fuerte and Personal also gone big. On the clock, oh, and, I, I and think the I don't think Big does them justice. 
No. And the ride on the winner was completely elite. Rides it any other way, it doesn't win. He had it on the bridle, sucking up, sucking up the whole way. Somehow found his way onto the back of Chica Fuerta before he's before he's let the horse out. Entitled to go straight past them, Star Elf, and the work they've done up front. Yeah, I, I thought there was... Centimeter. They've, gone too, they've gone too quick to be like clear and confident in any view here, but mm. it was chinky the way Star Elf stopped. But they've gone so fast that it's justified as well. Um, elite riding, Willow, like... Fuck me. And just utter torture. Shika Fuerte, we launched at this. So we're normally betting to win eight or nine units max. I think I bet to win 19 units here. It was, it was, a, it was a like a proper, proper parade. I had it much shorter than the market before the yard. It was going to get the right run, which it still did despite the, the good tempo. Um, oh, fuck. I'm still a bit down about it. Like... It's an enormous swing for me personally, like financially, like so big. And um, now you got to be careful with all these horses coming out of this really, really fast yeah. race. Um, so you can't just go following your money to get it back here with any of these, in my opinion. And I, I thought, I, I just want to defend personal, the horse. Like, geez, it cops some grief on Twitter after this race, like that it thinks about it and it stops and like... It's gone so fucking quick. Like, so quick. Only 12 and it's again on the line. Like, it, that, yeah. it wasn't told to stop, completely stop. It was a huge performance. It's a little bit like, and we were guilty of it, I think, before the data came out with the other Hayes horse. Um, they ran in Australian Guineas. Acer. Mm. Mm. Lots of it to go here in the office. Um, Yeah, I, I, yeah. Just like completely torturous. And I don't, I don't bet each way and all that shit. But like in hindsight, what price is Shika Fuerte? It's five dollars, four dollar chance, which is what I marked it. Just fucking one time pay me. It's been a while between drinks for these big fat results. I will tell you. As you said, with personal, it's gone twelve lengths faster to the six hundred, jumping up two hundred meters. Second up, this prep. 12 lengths faster compared with what it did first up. Significant. and But you, you've both made a great point. Whether or not these horses back up, we saw it in the Bunbury Cup and um, Bunbury Stakes with my horse, Montalena, and then last of the line. They've gone significantly quicker to the 600 than they've ever gone in their life before. You just have no idea. And especially if they're backing up over two weeks, they need the right tempo next start, which is always a, a big query. So... It's a really tricky Person, race. Personals run the third fastest last 200 metres of this race. Yeah. That's like the, the dot point to justify that it, it's got ticker. Oh, if you're in the top three, you've got ticker. Just sick to like... It looks at the top of the straight like, oh, we're going to run an enormous race here and just run second to personal. Then to beat it, but get bobbed by it. I think, I'm pretty sure Star L was a maiden. Yes, it was. To get done by a maiden, like a horse that previous peak figure was a 6.2 and has now run a 16.7. Like, Winks, yeah, fuck me. Just utterly, utterly torturous. Um, do think worth noting that Star Rail does relish running at Flemington. So not only be very careful of all these horses next start, but doubly careful of Star Rail, which will start very short at probably like a Caulfield or wherever. 
and it's, it just doesn't run as, as well there for whatever reason. Yeah. I just hate Star L. I just hate it as, because I backed it at 40s to beat fucking Thermosphere at Flemington in the uh, Edward Manifold when it loomed and just missed too there. <laughs> so it's just... Yeah. It's a big swing horse for me and it's never gone the right way. I don't hate it. I love it. It's a good horse. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, do you have one from the meeting that you'll throw out to follow? I think Mar Bush is a beast. Yeah. Um, really happy with that bet. Uh, I think Ana Visto should have won race two. Yeah. With any luck, it does. Um, that was a big performance. It can be followed. Ready, readily available in race four, obvious, but like it has absolutely hooned to the line in probably inferior ground. Um, and like I think Shapata did more than enough outside of Miami Bound in that race. All right, beautiful. Uh, week ahead, uh, All Star Mile at the Valley. Yeah, fair bit going on. Not sure the rest of the card's going to be that good, but also we'll wait and see. Just on face yeah. value, looking at the races. Yeah, look, we're not. We're all probably there. Might be a maiden we're going to bet into tomorrow at Ballarat. Um, we'll get the whole meeting done at Sandown, Manio Mail. We'll look at the maidens mainly: um, Kilmore and Pakenham, and Cranbourne. <coughs> Don't know if I go to Cranbourne or not. Yeah, then the big valley meeting. I think That's my week. Cranbourne, or Cranny's got that tri-code meeting, doesn't it? Isn't that this week where you've got the trots and the dogs as well? Oh, God, so, yeah. Try your hand at Mounting Yard Mail across all three Dickens. Lift, you know the with people the, want it. With the binos from the Trios bar. <laughs> well, hang on, the, the five dogs just took a shit. That might be good. <laughs> Who trains it? No comment. Uh Kels, what do you got ahead? Um, Eagle Farm Wednesday, which will be lovely. Um, Friday is going to be a real test of character for me because the last three meetings that I've done at tracks that I traditionally win at. Can I just, can I just ask about just with test of character and like the yo-yo that is your head, and I resonate with it so well because it's <laughs> it's it circles the same orbit as me. What happened with the Dalby tweeting? Because Simo's fascinated, and he, it's like it's like basically a viewer question. The Dalby tweeting like, about never again. Well, I discussed like, like I thought it was a one-off the other day. I said this on the show last week about you know the best horse in the race, but like just got bad jockeys that don't have you know it's the third tier meeting, fourth tier meeting on a Saturday, right? So. We haven't got the most experienced jockeys on these horses. So is the best horse in the race, does it? Does an actual best horse in the race exist? Is that like, well, we, in that, I've done me complete bollocks on um, a race there Saturday. Well, I've got two horses. One horse got beat two lengths in a Remorty handicap four starts ago. Now with a better trainer. The other horse has been beaten a length Magic Millions Day against, like, listed grade horses. They flop out to Dolby in an open 1,400, pitched in with 59 kilos against Yaks, right? They settle second last and last 15 lengths off the leaders for no reason. They're sitting on it like statues. 
Meanwhile, the heavily backed Kia van, 15-year-old gelding having start 473, completely off the map and trots in. The toys had gone out of the cot, well and truly. Well, why am I going to these shithole joints? <laughs> Don't know. I can't tell you not to. So this week I'm going to Eagle Farm Wednesday, where I'll win, just like I have uh, the other midweek meetings for the last 100 years, because there's better horses and better trainers and better jockeys. Hang on, but, hang on. No, on, a, on a professional, on a proper topic, which we should talk about, I'm convinced we all... We all win on Wednesdays because we get this review done and a good vent, and then we cruise like Monday Arvo, Tuesday morning, work our way through the, the midweek card with no pressure time-wise. You're fresh and clear, and then you get into the meeting. Whereas the Saturday, Sunday meetings, and Friday nights, you're just starting to jam a shitload of work mm. into the like you're doing 40 other things. We're doing content. We're doing everything. You might have gone to like, gone to Kilmore or whatever. After you know, like you've done a stack of you got you, when you had those Thursday meetings. Curls, Pete, you always got a Thursday meeting. Do you not think there must be something in just working too much affects your result on a weekend? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, honestly, maybe, maybe it's something I need to look into. Um, I've been doing it for long enough to know that like I was making money at these tracks and like this week, like I said, I've got Eagle Farm Wednesday. Then Friday, I've got Gatton, which I'm normally like salivating over on Friday afternoon, all up sunny coast Friday night. And then Gold Coast, Ipswich, Rockhampton, Toowoomba Saturday, Gold Coast, uh, Sunshine Coast Sunday. So, you know, you just got to have to probably just let some go. And I suppose all I do is same as everyone else. Probably you've got, You've got your reviews, your black books, your horses to follow. Then you've got to line them up in the races they're in to see if it's still a bet. I don't know. I know what you're saying, though. I think you're saying, in it. I'm going to try and sort of take the foot off on towards the back of the week just to focus on... I think we won. I won for the week. I lost small on Saturday, but obviously that big bet, Shika Fuerte, over 50 stars. I was really happy with the prices, and I took it much easier on the Cranbourne and, and... Maybe it was stall on Friday. Just like did them real brief, focus on the maidens, which was another sick beat. We took fucking eight dollars at first starter that started three dollars and ran second. They're everywhere. I'll do one meeting this week. Uh, I'll do one meeting Friday. I'll, I won't and just see if it makes a difference. We'll just have a look. for for next for the exercise. There's Gatton Friday Arvo and Sunshine Coast Friday night. So I'll oh. choose one. I'm a big chance to get my week off to a winning start, though. I'm debuting in the comp at the golf club this afternoon off off 28. Absolute pirate behaviour. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So, oh, I think I should be off about 20. 20. It's a hard golf course, but like you have to put in your first, like you have to put in your cards, and the first few cards I had post COVID was was rank like if I put like put the first tee shot into into like the bushland reloaded my third into a creek you know like just filthy filthy behaviour but um yeah I should I should go well alright sounds good 
Guys, thank you as always. We'll be back on Thursday for a preview of the All-Star Mile, otherwise known as the ASM, just to try and make it sound a little bit filthy.